Hello, welcome to Lifehouse Church Podcast. It's so good you've joined us today. This message is delivered by Pastor Paul Hollingworth. Please sit back, enjoy, listen to what's said. For any more information about Lifehouse Church, please visit our website, www.lifehousechurch.co.uk or head over to one of our social media pages. You'll find us at Lifehouse 12. Enjoy the message and we'll see you soon. Good morning, good morning. Stay, stay standing if you can. So good to see you all. Um, I've met some people again today that I've not seen for a long, long time, but so good to have you with us. If it's your first time in church today, uh, we give you a really, really sincere, warm welcome. So good to have you with us. I am going to give a I'm, I don't normally do this because people are obviously coming back to church week after week, but I was thrilled to know that booked into church today uh, was Chola, Loveness, and the family, the Muelwas, my Zambian friends. So good to have you with us. Listen, cancer, COVID, they've had it all in that household, but thanks be to God for his protection, his health, his provision over you and your family, Mumba. I can see there. I'm not quite sure who's there from your family. I think I recognize Mumba there in the middle, but it's great to have you with us. And um, whoever you are and wherever you are, we're just glad that this is home, eh? Just take a light, a little, everybody just like go floppy arm just for a minute and just relax and just think, oh, I don't have to pretend. I don't have to be, I can, I, I, I'm just in home. We, we always, many years ago, we said in the life of the church, I know you're getting tired of standing, but it'll do you good, it's cardio, if you keep moving on your feet. If you keep moving your feet, this is classed as cardio, and it also gets your steps up on your watch. So like, as you're standing there, you'll, um, we always used to say like, the dream of Lifehouse Church was that people could come into church from any background, any walk of life, any age, and literally, kick the shoes off, which I'm not going to do now, but kick the shoes off and put some slippers on and just rest in the, rest in the house of God, the living room. And I just want you just to be at ease today, just to know that this is, this is God's design for you to be here, to be recharged, to be refueled, for him to repurpose you, and ultimately for us just to, just to encounter God and just to know his presence because it changes your Monday. I was with somebody yesterday, I said, listen, if church doesn't change Mondays, it only affects our Sundays, then it's pointless. You know, church is for Monday and Tuesday and middle of the week and, you know, I don't know why this happens to me. I was sat on the front row. I don't know what it is in the world that's watching me, but every time uh, we take up our offerings in church, my phone, uh, my, my watch, sends me an alert to tell me that the Halifax Bank will be removing my tithes and offerings. I don't know how it does it. Whenever it happens in the service, it just, it just comes up on my watch and lets me know. But do you know what? Despite everything that's going on, and I'm just glad to be home. I'm glad to be in the house of God. Today is a, a day, really, for all of us as a church. I think it's, it's only poignant for us to take a moment just to be thankful just be thankful for your own life, for your health. Um, this week, as we remember as a country, uh, the sad passing away of the Duke of Edinburgh. 
what an honourable guy. I do, part of me, I looked the other day and I thought to myself, I wish I'd done the Duke of Edinburgh Award when I was younger. I could have met him. But we've all been exposed to his grace, the way that he's led his life so humbly, serving the needs of the country before his own needs, serving his wife, where some people might see that as a weak thing, just humbly did it. And I just love it, just for a, for a moment, if we, could, if we could just pause for a moment. And as we thank God for the Duke of Edinburgh, just remember, I think in respect as we, as we stood, all, stood all around this building, as we make that moment of just remembering, at the same time as well, just be thankful for your own life. Let's just bow our heads just for a moment. Queen herself, her words said this, 1997, he has quite simply been the strength and stay of all these years, my strength and stay. And I and his whole family and this and many other countries owe him a debt greater than he would ever claim or we shall ever know. Lord God, we just lift our Queen up to you today. Thank you for the woman of God that she is. The stories I hear of her in her own rooms, spending time quietly with you, Lord God, and worshiping you. And we thank you for a godly woman, godly couple that have led this country. We, we honor them. We honor you for giving them to us. And I just pray as she, just like us, a human, feels the grief and the loss today. For 73 years of marriage, Lord God, we could only ever wish or dream to know that length of time. We just pray your peace today over our queen. We pray your protection over her. I pray, Lord God, a family, despite everything the media would love us to believe. I pray today, Lord God, that family would draw to close together. I pray there be a unity over Great Britain like never before at this time. I pray, Lord God, that you promise that out of all things that you would work together good for those that love you and for our queen, and for the Duke of Edinburgh, we commit them both to you, Lord God. Thank you for their lives. But for our Queen today, Lord God, I pray that she would see the good of these last 73 plus years. Lord God, in this next season, I pray that she would see Great Britain restored. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We will be writing to the Queen this week as a church and uh, sending our condolences to her and telling her that as a church we will be praying for her so please keep our country in your prayers at this time kindly be seated wherever you are across this building thank you for your patience with me and um you know sometimes we just got to be bold we've got to do the right thing and the right thing is always to lead with honor this is a church a house of honor yes this is a house of honor yes where it matters to us. Listen, I want to do a little bit, before I do anything else, um, we're going to put a line in the sand really. Masks are a thing that we are required to wear in church. But listen, masks are only a restriction if you allow them to be a restriction. 
I, I really sense that masks could become something that puts a divide and a wedge in the church. And while we're in church, while you're engaging with church or wherever you are, I really believe this. God has put a voice inside of you. God has put words inside your heart. And I don't want us to be a church that now begins to retract because of these things called masks that are seen as a restriction to us. Listen, you're a, you're a man, you're a woman of God, a child of God. God loves you. God has put praise within you. He's put a voice within you. So please don't ever allow masks to become a restriction. If masks are becoming an issue to you, please contact me this week and have a, let's have a chat about it because I do, can't find anywhere in scripture that God said that there should be anything that would stop us from praising and worshipping him. So let's be the church in this season. I need your support today, not because I just want to be a rah-rah preacher, but simply because I feel that God has given me one week to speak about one particular topic that is heavy, slide heavy on my heart is all I can say. And I really want to, to open today God's word and believe that God will open each and every one of us up. Wherever you sat at home, I pray that God would engage you where you are. I, I thank God for the church is now more expansive than we could have ever dreamed or imagined. And I pray today, Holy Spirit, that you would visit and speak to every home, every life in this building today. I pray as I open your word, supernaturally, Lord God, would you do a work that I cannot do with my own voice today, Lord God. I pray you'd speak to every soul, every heart. I pray you would set us free in Jesus, in Jesus' name today. And anybody with faith in their bodies today, believing, as Daniel said, for a miracle or believing that Jesus has come to set us free, I want you to give an amen to Jesus Christ in this place. Listen, a, few, a good number of years ago, I would be in my living room I would be in my living room and my son would be in the living room and I used to practice my authority over my son. Don't worry, social services, if you're listening, I'm not going to say anything. I used to practice my authority by the time we used to wrestle together. It was really simple because wrestling involved something like this. He would run at me. I'd like to demonstrate it now, but I would actually be in a little bit of fear of what could happen to me. He's grown a lot is all I'm saying over lockdown. And I used to be able to stand, some of you parents, if there's a man in here and you know what I'm talking about, I used to stand and put my hand on his head and he couldn't move any further forward. I used to keep him under control right in the position I want him. I could walk him around the room and he'd be pushing and trying to get close to me. Then he entered the early part of becoming a teenager like 11, 12, 13, those old years where he's starting to realize that he's the real man of the house. And he used to come at me. So it went from a head holding position to actually, he used to use both hands to hold and control him and push him back to where I needed him to be. Now over lockdown, I don't know what's gone on, but now I'm in a serious whole lot of trouble because whenever he says to me, come on dad, let's wrestle. My family will tell you this. The last two times he's actually said this, I've actually said things like this. Oh, come on son, it's a little bit late now let's just leave it do you know what I mean we don't want to cause I don't want to cause any embarrassment let's just leave it alone and then he goes oh come on come on dad come on let me let me just pick you up I'm like definitely do not pick me up because when he squeezes you I'm telling you it's not it's more than a bear squeeze it's something the struggle the struggle is real because it's a struggle for control control Control. Everything over the last 12 months and beyond, there's been a battle for control. I don't know about you, but I've kicked a little bit mardily sometimes 
in resist, resisting the control that's been placed on, on me as an individual. I found that tough. Two, two, obviously, for you people at home who are very honest, two people in the building have said, yes, they find it tough as well. Like, we found that tough, yeah? Being, being told to come to church with a mask on. Anybody struggled with that? I can hear somebody in the crowd, I'm not going to name out, saying, no, I've not had any trouble with it. But I remember when it was announced that there was masks to be given, said these words quite abruptly, I will be wearing no such thing in my lifetime. Just, just putting it out there. I refuse to have mockers in the church. We have mockers where it's chocolate, milk and coffee. That's a mocker, but a mocker is a whole other thing. Just... Masks brought this, this sense of we were under being controlled. I hear it in people's language. I don't like the control that's been brought on me. Do you know why that is? Because we're all battling to be in control. And my title of this message that will be on the podcast, if you, it'll be on YouTube this week, is I'm not in control. I, I was never designed to be in control. I was designed maybe to be organized. I was designed maybe to have some sort of routine in my life. God has taught us this last 12 months, you are not in control, baby. Like, you, seriously, you're not, you're, you're not in control. To the point that, like, I, re- I remember, I remember, I remember where I was at. Walking down the street with Caleb, probably March the 27th, 28th, somewhere around there, walking down the street with him, Sarah and Lily behind, and we literally did this. We walked down the street 400 yards, and we got hand sanitizer out of his pockets and started putting hand sanitizer on We'd not touched anything, but we started sanitizing our hands. And then there was that moment. People walked towards us. And we used to say, "Uh uh-oh, humans. (laughs) So literally, what did we do? You know what we did. We crossed the road. We, We were totally out of control. God has reminded me this week more than ever, in the busyness of life and everything that's taking place, I'm not in control. Can I say this with sensitivity today? Controlling behavior, if you are subject to controlling behavior from a partner, from somebody in your household, from maybe a boss, which you know is borderline abusive, can I just say this quite clearly today? Controlling behavior is not from God. Can I go a little bit further to say this? Being in control is not from God. The book of Acts, you don't need to to journey there with me. I'm going to take you to a chapter in a minute, a couple of chapters that I'd love you to have a look through this week. But the book of Acts, chapter 16, Paul and Silas were two men that were, they were enthusiastic, passionate men for God. A little bit like you. That's what I sense whenever I've spoke to these last few weeks. Passionate men for God. And they, they wanted to, to do the, the best for God and they want to spread the good news. And 
They were in a particular town, and I'm paraphrasing, this lady is sent to tell them what to do. She wants them to be quiet. She wants them to pipe it down a little bit. She wants to bring them under control. And it says this in Acts chapter 16, verse 17 and 18. Just, just listen carefully if you can to this. It says, she followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, these servants, here's the control bit, these servants are the most high God who are telling you to be saved. She kept this up for many, many days. And finally, finally on April the 11th, how do I know it's April the 11th? Because it's April 12th tomorrow and you're all getting excited about shopping and other things. On April the 11th, finally Paul became so annoyed. I love to read of Christian men and women of God that actually have an something about them inside that resonates with me, that became annoyed that it says this, that they turned around and said, not to the woman, they said to the spirit, to the controlling spirit, they said, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. And at that moment, it says this, the spirit left. Naturally, we think the lady ran off. But all it says is, the spirit left her. The controlling spirit was removed in the name of Jesus. And I understand this. Control is a spirit. Control, control leads without feelings for others. If you're experiencing controlling behavior today, can I say as a church, we do believe that Jesus is the only one that can forgive you. But we do believe a conversation with somebody else is part of the process to set you free. And if you are in a controlling environment today, the pastor of the house, literally, this is my, the heaviness of my heart is saying this. Speak to somebody today and say, Spirit, no longer. Maybe it's difficult in the home. Maybe it's difficult in the workplace. But believe you me, the breakthrough moment when you, is when you arrive at the point to say this no longer. You see, control. We love to be in control. We fight for control. We fight for routine. We want to have everything in order. We can either experience controlling behavior or we can actually be a practitioner of it. And I'm speaking to every practitioner of control right now. Where you fight to keep in control of everything in your word, world. I really believe today there's a sense within my heart, within my spirit. God wants you to relinquish control. We pray for breakthrough. We pray for miracles. We pray for many things, but we want to be in control. Lord God, just right now in this moment, help us, God. Lord God, right now, I, I just, I pray, Holy Spirit, across this court congregation, to people at home today, people just maybe embarking on church for the first time, 
wherever this spirit of control seems to rest and seeks to dwell, I pray today there would be an awakening, awakening of your church, awakening of your people, Lord God, that you called us to be free. You promised that whoever embarks on your truth that you would set them free. And I pray today, Lord God, would be a day of truth revealed that people would be set free in the name of Jesus, not just from controlling behavior, but from being in control. In Jesus' name, I pray your word would do its work for the glory of your name. Amen. It's, it's a tough subject to crack. It's a tough subject to talk about, but you know, in, in Mark 10, there's this, there's this encounter where there's this encounter where there's the, the rich young ruler, and the rich young ruler tells basically Jesus, he says to him, he says, I've done this, I've been to church, I've been to services, I've clicked on subscribe on YouTube, I've clicked on Instagram, I've followed there, I follow you on Facebook, I, I do everything, I do everything that you've asked of me. And Jesus turns to him and he says this, okay, just one more thing. How about giving all your money away to the poor? Because what Jesus does in that moment is he challenges control. And very often, I know I've heard it spoken about that we, we think, is this Jesus just speaking to rich people? Listen, you don't need to be rich to have a love for money. Hello. Let's be honest. You don't need to be rich to have a love for money. You know, the love of money is the root of all evil. But you don't need to be rich to have a love for money. You can be quite poor and have a love for money that actually controls every decision, every choice you make, makes you very tight and controlled about everything you have and your budgeting lines are that tight that you won't even, can't even give in church because I'm that controlled. And Jesus challenges the spirit that is in this man. Ultimately, the man drops everything and walks away because it's too much for him because he needs to be in control. Everybody say, I'm not in control, just to remind yourself. You see, we've all had moments during the pandemic, the temptation has been to grapple with getting control back. That is the battle that I really feel is a spiritual battle that I'm trying to stand up to headlong, head face to face today, is to say this, the battle for you to get control back is not a battle that we need to take. We need to go on a journey, a daily journey, where we wake up every day and say, today, God, I give you control. What is it that you want to do? What about a church that the people, the parishioners of the church, the congregation, every day, the first language that came out of our mouths was, God, do with me today whatever you would have me do. Take my timetables, my rotors, and my routines and use them for the glory of God. In Job 37, verse 14 to 15, just some helpful wisdom here. A man speaks to Job who's under so much pressure and so much dire circumstance this is what actually happens to him he speaks to him and says this stop and consider God's wonders stop and consider God's wonders do you know how God beautiful language this do you know how God controls the clouds and makes the lightning flash I don't like the verse too much because I don't like lightning lightning frightens me to be honest I don't like it 
but the enormity of the God, the majesty of we, that we serve. If only we could, as we try to get everything in order and control everything in our worlds, if only we could stop. Just stop. Just stop. I sat in the back room between the two services and I, it was just this, it's hard to describe sometimes when you, we talk about just the sense of God's spirit just speaking to you and it was just this stop. I'm not speaking to you. I'm speaking to the mirror. A good preacher should speak to the mirror. I'm not trying to teach you something. I'm talking to the man. Stop. And look around at the enormity, the majesty of what God's put into place. He's in control. He, he's, he's put the clouds in place and the light, he causes the lightning and he causes the snow when nobody's expecting it. You know, social media is like, everybody's like as if nobody else has seen it, but we're all putting on, wow, snow is falling. Only at your house? No, it's everywhere. God's in control. Psalm 121 says this. I nearly got this wrong in the first service. It says to, I lift up my mountain, lift up, I lift up my eyes. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? The maker of heaven and earth. You see, when you lift your eyes up to the mountains, you take your feet, your eyes off the control of everything that you're trying to navigate on journeying forward. But actually, it boils down to this now. Bear in mind, there's a stage here. I could do some harm, but I lift my eyes up to the mountains. Where does my help come from? goes on to say in Psalm 121 verse 3 it says that he'll not let you stumble he'll not let you stumble as long as you relinquish control Judges chapter 11 Judges chapter 11 if you've got a Bible with you today or a phone with a, an app on it that you can get the Bible up pull it up on I'd love you to do it I'd love you to do it for two reasons. One, not that I'm going to make you read through it all now, but I'd love you to have a look at Judges chapter 11 and Judges chapter 12 when you have a little bit of time and to say to God, God, what is it you want to talk to me about the control in my life? Because there was a man in Judges chapter 11 and 12 in the band, you can come in five, just, just give me five minutes. There's a, there's a man in Judges chapter 11 and Judges chapter 12 he only appears a little bit like this message. It's, it's like one week. I don't think across our country through the last 12 months, anybody will have given this man any recognition. <laughs> He's just there doing his thing, just like me and you, being obedient to God, doing what God asks and giving control to God. And this is where he ends up. He ends up in the word of God. It's amazing. Jephthah. I've been playing it back on version on the Bible app where it talks to you, it? so I keep playing it back so I can get a pronunciation of his name right Jephthah this, this unusual guy but listen how it starts off here, Judges chapter 11 if you've opened your Bible and if you're at home opening your Bible now it's great but look, listen to this Jephthah the Gileadite was a mighty warrior his father was Gilead ironically and his mother 
was a prostitute. It's the opening verse about this man. And I want to tell you some things that I've learned from Jephthah's life this week is this. We need to be a people that refuse to let circumstance control. Think about it. He refused to let circumstance control. Because his circumstance was this. He was born of a prostitute. The commentators, if you ever read a commentary, which is it's basically theologians' opinions. It's only ever opinions. Theologians' opinions on what actually took place in the Bible. But the theologians themselves actually say that this man had a name attached to him that was an expletive. I don't think I need to. Basically, he didn't have a mother. And it calls him that name, the expletive. I told my kids last night, Caleb sat there and looked at me staggered that I even said the word. But that was his identity that he was given. But he refused to let his circumstance control him. It begins in the chapter and it says, Jephthah the Gilead, Gileadite, was a mighty warrior. Not his circumstance, his identity was in who God had called him to be. The book of Paul Hollingworth, I know, you, I know many people are glad that there's not a book called that. But it would start, the book of Paul Hollingworth, chapter 11, verse 1. Paul Hollingworth, a child of the Most High God. That's your identity. Refuse to let circumstance, because circumstance will come to control. It's so easy for any of us, and I sensitively say it's so easy to allow past or present circumstances to control us. Jephthah was, his family actually rejected him. They didn't want anything to do with him. They sent him away. We don't want anything to do with you. You don't have a mother. You don't have the same mother as us, and they sent him away. See, he couldn't control his circumstances. The only thing he could control was his response. And his response was to trust God. I think sometimes for all of us, well, I'll include myself in it. I think sometimes I feel rejected. I don't know about you. I sometimes feel like life deals you rough cards sometimes and it's difficult to deal with. And I just want to remind you, if that's, you're the same as me, this chapter starts with identity. It doesn't say Jephthah, the son of a prostitute. It says Jephthah, a mighty warrior. You see, if, if we can only just learn to refuse to let circumstance control, and we can secondly recognize that opposition comes to controllers. You see, what happened with Jephthah's life was, I take, I take you on a real quick journey, but basically he ends up getting chosen to be the leader of the army at that time. For six years, he was the leader of the army. And, and then when he had success, people came to him from his family and from round and about, and they started to say to him, why didn't you involve us? Where were, why, where, why did you forget about us? Where? And he confronts them back. But in verse 27, he says these words, and this for me, I can't rush away from this bit because I think this is pivotal for us as a church and for you as an individual. It says this, 
and his tone of voice is a little bit sharper than mine. He says, I have not wronged you, but you are doing wrong by waging war now against me. Then these words, let the Lord, let the Lord, the judge, decide this dispute. You see, what he does in that moment is he recognizes that opposition has come to try to control. But he refused. He recognized it. And he said these words, let the Lord. As I spoke to a gentleman today at the end of our first service, who's got some big challenges ahead. And we agreed together that we would let the Lord decide because ultimately the key was this Jephthah in verse 28 and verse 29 as he has this debate he says let the Lord decide between the Israelites and the Ammonites the king of Ammon however paid no attention to the message that Jephthah sent him because he wasn't bothered not interested in what he's saying about your God but it says this verse 29 this is God's promise to us then the spirit of the Lord came on Jephthah. You see, when we learn to refuse and recognize control, God's promise to us is that as we release control over our agendas, that his Holy Spirit would empower us. Anybody need the Holy Spirit's empowering? Let's, let's stand together wherever we are across the building. And we're gonna, we're gonna, if you're at home, I'd love you, I'd love it if you could to stand as well because this whole atmosphere of honor, as I said right at the beginning, is so important. But ultimately, the question is, how many of us need the Holy Spirit's empowering when it comes to control? Because there's a grappling and there's a to-ing and a fro-ing that who is gonna be in control, but ultimately, Jephthah's decision was this. One week, one message, he reigned for six years and probably won't get mentioned in the life of this church for probably a long time. But ultimately his decision was that he let the Lord and as he let the Lord, the Holy Spirit came upon his life and he moved in power. Now I know in your next season, you believe in that you can move in power, that God's gonna bring, as Daniel quite rightly said, there is miracles and there's breakthrough. But if I can add a quarter of a sentence for the miracles and the breakthrough we have to relinquish control I just let it go brilliant thank you for engaging with us today what an incredible message that was just remember if you want to know anything else about who we are where we are what we do head over to that website www.lifehousechurch.co.uk or on our social media platforms at lifehouse12 thanks be blessed and we'll see you again soon